Hello, and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we break down and review movies, TV shows, and other pop culture news. My name is Emmett, and I'm joined by my reverend co-host, Ivan. Today we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 3 of Marvel's WandaVision. Oh, thanks for the endearing intro. <laughs> well, it was part of the script, and I don't remember writing that part, but I'm glad we have a shared document. <laughs> Whoever wrote that part of the script there, thank you very much. I very much appreciate the acknowledgement. <laughs> wow. All right. We're just going to go compliments from here on out. I like it. Yeah, why not? We're I don't know how many episodes in we're at this point, but it's a lot. <laughs> well, uh, why don't you break us down with the big news this week, Ivan? Yes, Hillary Swank is back in the news this week. I don't know what she did, but she's in there doing something. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest, people. There, uh, there wasn't that much news this week uh, to talk about. The closest thing we had was a little bit of a scare with Black Widow potentially being pushed back from April to May, but it sounds like it's staying in April. Yeah, a quick reminder to everybody, read the article. Before, <laughs> before y'all start spreading false don't, news. Don't tell me to read. I will post before and whenever I want to. <laughs> we, we, you know, I will take a quick minute or second or whatever to, to share one thing. If ever anybody ever sees a headline from wegotthiscovered.com, they definitely do not have this covered. All of that is fake news. And I know for a fact these people don't actually know what they're talking about, but... <laughs> That's 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 the PSA for today that's replacing our new segment. Do not trust we got this covered.com because they do not have this covered at all. And that's the breaking news, folks. So let's get into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, episode 3. Again, uh for any new listeners, we uh we usually will do a spoiler-free take on movies or shows, but um you know, these are pretty short episodes so there there definitely will be spoilers in here i think um you know just like a spoiler free quick take uh ivan and i are both mm, i guess lukewarm on the show so far it's it's slowly developing it definitely is going to benefit from seeing every episode on in one straight viewing and it's going to be short enough to do that where it's the same length as a movie uh so if you haven't seen it I would definitely recommend it by the end of it, but um, it might be a little tough if you're watching one week to one week. Yeah, if you're used to waiting week to week for your favorite shows to drop, then you know I, I don't think this is too much of a difference from it. But you know, in in offline conversations, I think Emma and I both agree. Like it's it's it seems like this is a show that's maybe better suited for sitting down and binging it on on a lazy day not that's not to say that it's not good i think it, it i think it's great i think it has something that it's building up to but i just feel like without the um i guess the the ability to get to that point quick enough uh there's just something that always seems like it's kind of missing on a week-to-week basis yeah and it definitely does have uh have the element of being like required reading for the course going forward because you it's setting up plot points for phase four movies to come that you have to understand from this. So, I mean, yes, you probably could just get a quick synopsis YouTube video or article or something at the end of it, but uh, I think it's going to be worth it at the end of the series. It's a better time investment than watching the next Karate Kid starring Hillary Swank. So, in case anybody's ever been curious about that, that's my take on it. A lot of Hillary Swank news for you this week. She's very relevant to me. You know, I I never watched the next Karate Kid, but I tried to do it this week, and I just like, I said I couldn't, but I got through it, and then I regretted getting through it. So, which uh, which office team were you on? Were you on Oscars or Jim's? Hillary Swank, hot or not hot? <laughs> Oh, oh, um, Jesus, that's kind of tough to kind of call. Are we talking Hillary Swank of like the late '90s, or are we talking about Hillary Swank of today? When was The Office? <laughs> I think she's aged like fine wine, so I'll say she's hot. Interesting. I'll keep the vote tied and go with Oscar on not hot. <gasps> How dare you, sir? 
Hillary Swank the symmetry, the symmetry the of the face. <laughs> I missed yeah, the office yeah. already. I miss it. I know. I I wish I wish there was a way to take away the memories that you've seen the office so you could watch it again for the first time. Or just to keep it on Netflix and let me watch it for the millionth time. Yeah, it's settled for that too. But let's talk episode three. So now let's this portion will have spoilers in it. So if you want to stick around even if you haven't seen it or if you have seen it, now we'll get into it. So this one had the I guess Brady Bunch kind of a theme to it, right? It's just the seventies general. Yeah, so I it, it it's seventies overall from the color palette and from the backdrop style of things. Like there's different scenes where the backdrop seems like it's a matte painting on white sheet, which is what they used to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has it has that vibe all around. I, I want to say Brady Bunch, but there's also another show, and I don't know why I can't think of it off the top of my head. I couldn't right now. put my couldn't put my finger on it either. That's why I only wrote down Brady Bunch, but. It definitely had, like, it wasn't that exactly. When we're done with all of these, I'm going to recall it and come back to it and say, oh, it was this other. Sh-. There, there is one other show, right? Like, the, I feel like the intro for this episode yeah. gave me a vibe of a 70s show that's right at the tip of my tongue. I just can't remember it at the moment. Yeah, we're going to have to look into that more. I like what they're doing, how they're progressing throughout the decades. I like that they're paying homage to the different styles of sitcoms and how that evolved over time. Uh, And then also being able to, you know, doing it in such a short amount of time that you get to see the similarities and like where they decided to progress things and what kind of lagged behind. Uh, And they're really nailing the scenery, the dialogue, I guess even the misogyny, like for the time period, like they're, they're nailing every single portion of it. They are, and I and I feel like this is an interesting choice to kick off Marvel's entry into Disney Plus, because I feel like when you look at everything that they've done with, like, say, Mandalorian, right? They're they're going back to traditional Star Wars roots with that show, and then for this, they're mixing things up, right? Because you're not necessarily getting the Marvel formula for this show. It there's nothing in this show so far that screams Marvel at me just yet yeah um and i you know at first i didn't know how to kind of feel about it it was a little off-putting the first week when we got the first two episodes um but this week i feel like i started getting a sense of that marvel kind of like the the signature planting of the seeds kind of thing like you know you're watching something that you're likely going to see a payoff for maybe at the end of the season maybe in another movie or something like that but it started it's starting to feel a bit more marvel with this episode yeah, and it's also the type of hero. It's a little bit more of an abstract power than it is like seeing an Iron Man building his suit or like a Captain America punching a like a like a punching bag in the gym or like Thor. I don't know what Thor does actually, but like you know <laughs> what I mean. Like it's not as obvious. It's kind of like an internal power. Yeah, so this I, I was talking with a friend of mine this morning because uh, you know he and I always catch up on on comics and stuff that we're like the extreme nerdy stuff that we're into. Um, but he mentioned something that I didn't really give too much thought until you just uh, brought this up here. But um, he said that it met, like watching WandaVision feels like reading one of these comics that are very like um, I guess like theme driven and, and and very like central. Um, what I mean by that is like if you take a comic like Arkham Asylum by Grant Morrison, um, just to kind of give you a little bit of a background on it, it's it's a comic book that doesn't really have a lot of action. It's literally just uh, Batman if he was trapped in Arkham Asylum with all the villains that he's captured over the years. Um, and so it, it gives you this view of like there's no like immediate threat and no like need for action, but it's such a big like character breakdown. And I feel like that's what this show's vibe is completely which is why it breaks the mold of the marvel formula so much for me yeah it's it's definitely breaking the barrier in so many ways where it's taking such a different stylistic approach while also being the first tv show for marvel or tv show meant for streaming um so it's very difficult to like whatever they chose to do it's going to be met with heavy criticism 
regardless of if you choose something as bold as what they're doing or if you just went with kind of a bland like each episode is a conflict and resolution i went back and took a look at something that kind of uh, caught my attention real quick uh falcon and winter soldier was meant to be the debut of marvel into disney plus i thought so was... right and then it got flopped right yeah because they, they didn't finish shooting the last two episodes i think because of the COVID situation right uh so that then like jumped it back and and i guess because wandavision was also filming at the same time but they were using more of a lot instead of remote locations they were able to wrap up their shooting before falcon and winter soldier so i think maybe they they meant to introduce marvel into disney plus in a more formulaic way and then now they were kind of forced into i guess dropping their more experimental uh story first yeah so let's talk about uh, i guess take kind of each major event and also maybe just focus on one character at a time so why don't we start with the main character wanda uh this episode obviously being all about her pregnancy she got super pregnant yeah it was it was quite the rapid change i guess that's i don't know if it's because of her powers or if they just are trying to put as much into one episode as possible well it's definitely not a natural pregnancy <laughs> at all <laughs> so i i guess you know there's no real rules for it but it's it's definitely um <laughs> it was it was very comedic to see it happen like spur of the moment kind of thing like she went from being four months pregnant to six months to nine months to giving birth all in one episode which was kind of hilarious in the way that it happened um and they they very much treated it very sitcom -y. um yeah here's the thing i don't get though is that the other characters are aware that it's a rapid change so it's not like it's written in as part of the i guess like quote-unquote plot well they they seem to be aware and unaware of certain things like i'm like was Dottie married to the same person in the last episode when it was a different decade and black and white like didn't anybody notice that there's color now but the days, it's literally one day apart from the uh, the talent show. As far as we know, yeah, 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 I guess you're right. Because she got pregnant at the end of that day, and then Vision said it seems like it happened overnight. It did. <laughs> did you catch that she called him a, syn a synthesoid? No, I didn't. When was that? When they were talk when the doctor was explaining to Vision about how when the man and the woman love each other very much. <laughs> the whole the birds and the bees uh, thing when he asked like mm -hmm. well how could this even be possible i think they were alluding to the fact that he's like uh you know not human so oh, i think he was asking more like how could this be progressing so fast uh, later on in the conversation but i think the the, the beginning it was kind of like he was like how how is this even possible i might have to go back and watch it again but i think you're reading into that further than it actually was I need to know though. How is this possible? Did Vision and and Wanda get it get it on at some point between episode one and two? Yeah, we saw it. <laughs> we when we the, when the was tree was brushing against the house and they merged the beds. Well, that's what happens when the tree brushes against the house normally, right? The beds yeah. go collide together, and then that's how babies are born. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you you were tell you were saying last week about the importance of the twins and possibly being a part of this so, possibly being like a deal with Mephisto for bringing Vision back. Yeah, I think that they're following a plotline similar to that because I think like and here's the thing like comic continuity is a mess too, so there's different storylines for this, but I know that there's some sort of um, the the essence or the way that Wanda brings these kids to life in the comics has to do with taking a piece of Mephisto's soul to give it to these kids and make them living. Um, I have to wonder if that's kind of like in this storyline, did she make a deal to bring Vision back? And in exchange, Mephisto's taking something that he didn't necessarily lay out the plan for, right? But now he's pushing for it because I know in the in the comics he basically ultimately tries to use uh, Wanda's kids so that he himself could use them as vessels to come into the world. Mm -hmm. 
Mephisto Satan for anybody else, <laughs> for anybody not in the know. That's basically what it what it is. Um, and then he's got a whole bunch of disciples and everything. And I think he, he has some close ties with uh, a character called Agatha Harkness in, in the show, which seems to be the character Agnes on this. So it just kind of... The, they seem to be alluding to Mephisto a lot for this not to ultimately culminate in some sort of um, like the plot having to do something with him. Well, yeah, there was also this like good foreshadowing or I guess connection to that moment when she's giving birth towards the end and she's like pushing for the first child. The it like really the camera really focuses on the fireplace, which like engulfs in flames. And I know the rest of the house was going crazy with like electricity surges and paintings on the wall, like spinning around uh but i think the direct correlation to fire growing in yeah, that I don't, moment i don't think any of the other things that were going on in the house got a like close-up medium shot of them no it was all a wide shot except for the fireplace good catch i didn't i didn't notice that yeah and then there's obviously like the importance of twins being uh both the comic book lore but then also that wand as a twin which set off a, a certain series of events towards the end of this episode which we'll get into when we talk about geraldine uh so i mean that was kind of predictable yeah so i i feel like wanda's kids have always been a little bit weird in, in the comics i think everything related to wanda has always been weird and the, the weird comics. they're they're special they're special <laughs> damn it strucker um <laughs> so i i feel like they're building like they're building this story around that plot. I gotta wonder though, like what the ultimate end game is for Wanda. Like, what are we trying to do here? Because Wanda overall in this episode gave me like a lot of this like villainous vibe to her. Yeah, she's definitely darker in this episode. She gives me like evil queen vibes from. I don't know how many evil queens there are in Disney, but there's there's a couple. <laughs> you get what I mean, though. Like we, we there's a couple instances in this, like not just the Geraldine incident, but there was also the rewinding of time or seeming rewinding of time with Vision. Um, and then like there's this like very almost malicious thing of like don't even talk to me about <laughs> reality kind of thing to her. Yeah, and we've gone back and forth on discussing if she is a willing participant in this fake world or if she is another victim. Or if she, yeah, like, it's kind of hard to tell, but it's kind of steering more towards a willing participant. And maybe with, like, limited memories as to why she's there. Because it seems like she's got most of her memories wiped I don't know while keeping it... some intact. Like, she doesn't remember how her brother died, but she knew to speak about her brother in the past tense. So I kind of took it to mean that she knows, like, I think she has memories of what has gone on. Like, she knows exactly what her past has been. I feel like what she doesn't, like, she's, she's like, purposefully trying to not acknowledge that the past is canonical, I guess. Like, I, I think this is one of those things, and this is just me speculating, but the way that she was behaving in this episode made me think that she, she's been trapped here, but she also kind of likes it here. And instead of trying to dig her way out, she's actually trying to make this world even more solidified than it was. Yeah, and that's why I mean, like, I think she's a willing participant because, like, with the beekeeper last week, I think you're right. I think she did wave her hand and she's the reason for the rewind. So she would want to clear out any potential, I guess, like wake up call events. And then with this episode, I think she's like with Geraldine at the end. I think she's also like any threat to breaking the reality around me needs to go. I can't wait for the last episode where we zoom out of this reality and you find out that Wanda's been in the straitjacket this whole time and she's in the same cell as Vision, Vision's dead body. And like this whole thing has been an illusion for all like nine episodes. Why would Vision's body be in there? <laughs> <laughs> Why 
what if it's the cell that was like uh, the floating raft prison? Oh god, that'd be that'd be mean. She's like the one person in the raft still. Well, they could have all been there, but yeah. <laughs> Geraldine's you, you were the one to <laughs> keep her there alone. Well, they freed everybody at the end of Civil War, so. Yeah, I'm saying before that though. Whatever. We don't know. <laughs> this this whole conversation is more about asking questions than answers because we don't have any answers. Let's be honest. Yeah, we have none. I, I feel like I, all I have for the notes for this episode are pure speculation on where I think things yeah. are going to go, which is kind of refreshing because I feel like for most Marvel things, at least I can kind of tell where things are going to yeah. go with some sort of confidence. Now I'm just kind of like, oh, well, I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's one of the benefits of releasing this on a weekly schedule. I know we talk so much about giving it all to us at once, but I think it gives us enough time to speculate, to dig into certain details of episodes and to make these guesses and and get our hopes up a little bit and then be willing to see something new happen that we weren't expecting or see what we were guessing come fulfilled. Uh, it definitely like inspires me to look more into the comic book lore to see if there's like a secret out there that I didn't know about. What's your personal feelings on the names for the twins? I don't understand them because <laughs> it has nothing to do with <laughs> comic book lore. I get Vision's name where he wanted Billy because he was saying after Bill Shake uh, after William Shakespeare, and he quoted all the world's stage, which was like a nice nudge at this being a written sitcom. But I don't understand Tommy. Yeah, I never got their names either. They, 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 those are the actual names of the characters in the comics, so I know that they're kind of tied to them. Uh, but I even Why wouldn't you say that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? their name in the comic book? Yeah, that's their name in the comics, so they're kind of tied to it. But like, I always well, thought that it makes sense. <laughs> no, but like, even in the comics, it's like, you know, we're talking about like a woman named Wanda. Why not name your kid something a little bit more interesting <laughs> than Billy or Tommy? No, I also agree with that, but I had no idea why they were picking it for this show. Oh no, that's that, that's their canonical names. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thanks for the heads up there. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep you on your toes on this stuff sometimes. Jeez. Um, well, the last thing I think about Wanda that kind of segues into the neighbors discussion is that her hair. at the end of this, she's keeping secrets from Vision. She is. She's. She's. But so it. it it's all about like this. We. You know. We. We had this discussion, but like, is the the debate is like should. Should we are are we to believe that Vision is being manipulated by her? Is there is he like an illusion? Is he real? But the fact that she's kind of going out of her way to avoid certain topics with him and just like have him be non-questioning this whole time because that was the biggest thing for me in this episode was when he was starting to notice that things aren't right, and he tells her like straight out he's like I think something's wrong, and it's it's funny to me how they how they did it in this episode compared to the last couple but when she reverses time and i say she because i'm assuming it's her right but when time is reversed it's a it's an awkward jump cut um which is very typical of like the 80s shows the way that they used to edit those back then it would be a a, a jump cut whereas now you would see things work a little bit more smoothly than that i want to say that Vision is like a sixth sense type of character where he's never really there the whole time. But I'm starting to think that he is there and he is part of this trade-off from Mephisto granting it her like, yes, I'll give you Vision back. And she doesn't know that the other end of the deal is that like she has to give children to Mephisto. Or she figured they can't have kids anyway, so she's going to make the deal anyway. But joke's on her. She's, she had him. I kind of think he's there because he can't be a projection of Wanda because he's seeking, and he can't be like an NPC type of character where uh, he's a non for, for non-gamers, that's non-player character. It's basically just like an AI you would run into in the game. 
he can't be that either because he has this ambition to pause and question part of the dialogue between another character as opposed to just going through scene by scene by scene. I guess it also comes into question, like, who is NPC-like and who isn't, right? Because, like, I, I kind of, with that example in mind, I kind of tend to think that everybody in this town is actually real, but trapped against their will here rather than an illusion, so to speak. Yeah. So, in, so, like, what I'm trying to, like, ask myself is, like, is Wanda powerful enough to manipulate reality into creating humans from scratch or does she has to does she have to have some sort of base for it and if she can no. then that explains the kids if it doesn't then where the heck did the kids come from yeah i don't think she's the star of the show anymore i think she is just being monitored by sword and as are all the other characters for whatever reason we don't know and they're all just playing off each other playing certain roles as written by sword but clearly mephisto has a, a grasp or is like is manipulating this world in other ways that sword hasn't comprehended yet yeah I, i'm kind of of the perspective that this is the doing of some of either mephisto or somebody else very like magic based because i don't think this is sword i think sword is actually legitimately trying to get in there and get her out um only because like it seems to me it if if it was them that that is doing like that is doing this to her and is entrapping her then wouldn't she not be so off put by the logo of sword yeah i guess that would actually make a lot of sense that sword wants in and for whatever reason whenever they send like an agent in they don't remember their memories or anything like that so maybe that's why they like had her wear, had uh, Geraldine wear that medallion so that maybe she would remember when she's in there. Yeah, or like all all the agents they've sent have now been trapped. Right. On permanent residence there. But that would like, and this gets us into the neighbors section, like Hutch and Agnes. That just makes me wonder, like, what does Hutch and what do they know, like? He kept trying to spit out something like uh, Geraldine's here because, and he said it like 10 times, but he never got to the point. And she, he was shut down by, by Agnes, who seemed very, very terrified about the prospect of pissing somebody off or someone. Right. And it's cut so intermittent into like, while so we're cutting back and forth between what's going on in the house with Geraldine and Wanda and what's going on outside with the neighbors that you're kind of almost it's like it's being cut so that you're led to believe that she's afraid of what Wanda might think but I think that's kind of like a red herring and she really is more insider than we than we currently suspect yeah it's like they understand what the consequences are for like Wanda or Vision understanding what like understanding the bigger picture because every time someone has like sort of woken up from their trance either they are forced back into a, like a normal conversation or they are like re- like physically gone like go through a rewind and it looks like someone something is like preventing people from waking up 100% Although they, this is the the farthest anyone's gotten is uh, the Geraldine revelation in this episode. But yeah, the the thing that's like is the most confusing for me is why at the first episode, why is somebody working at Sword holding a remote for the TV? Like that's the only thing that like makes me think that they're somewhat in charge of the world. I don't know. Like I I took that to mean of like. I originally I thought like it was a break in the fourth wall kind of moment. <laughs> you you get what I mean? Like it, like a wink and a nod that like, oh, these are the end credits kind of thing. But it's not. Like this is right before the actual credits start rolling. Uh, the scene that you're referring to. So they they clearly have a way to view what's going on in there from a third person perspective. Um so it does call into question, like but I kinda I figure that that's what those like that fence around the area seems to be. Like maybe that's their way of being able to monitor what's going on, but they, they, they don't quite have the uh, capacity or the ability to get in there. Mm. 
Yeah. I, and this is what we're talking about. Like it's, it is enough question asking to make us interested in the show. Something that like we had come into not being that excited about. Yeah. It's like, we're, we just saw a half an hour that confused us. And then we talk about it for an hour about how confused we are about what we just saw. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's also like, it's not confusing on the surface. It's very easy to follow, but it's just like, what's the bigger picture? Cause we don't know yet. And just like, they don't know it to me, it's very like reminiscent of Westworld where it's like, some of these characters around you are robots and some of them are real. Right. But it's, it's all there for your entertainment type of thing. The more, you know, I, th- I think if you, if you just tweak a few things of the show, it becomes a horror show of you being trapped. Oh yeah. Change the laugh track to like horror music and you're set. Someone compared it to Jordan Peele's um, get out movie. <laughs> I was like, Holy yeah. Yeah. I think I kind of see the, the parallels here so what was uh for hutch though what was his yeah. trigger that like kind of made him awake and yes. and by trigger i mean like Dottie was the voice came over the radio wanda kind of became aware when the beekeeper came out of the sewer grade it seems like characters only realize something when like a, a certain event happens so I didn't really catch what might have triggered his awakening per, per se. And I'm not quite sure that he is fully awake. I think he came close to it. But I, th- I think there's symbolism behind him uh, trying to cut through the fence, um, which is kind of the symbolic of the way that it seems like Sword is trying to cut through the fence mm. you know, continually. So that's how I kind of took it. I don't think he necessarily woke up from it, but more so like he was malfunctioning or, or, or glitching, I guess, in, in some way. Yeah, I just wonder what that glitch is, because it's not like anyone was talking to him <laughs> other than like other than Vision saying good morning and then going back to a conversation with the doctor and then looking back and being like, oh, you're cutting through my fence. <laughs> <laughs> it does make me wonder, though, like just how like is he awake? Is he not like how in like how in on this? secret is but he has to be awake because he was he attempts to tell vision what's going on so maybe he wasn't fully in that moment and then whatever like he and agnes were talking about before vision comes up like confirmed him awake or, or like brought him fully to the front i don't know yeah i don't know i i think it's kind of left a little bit open-ended too and, and here, here's one thing so in the in, in one of the trailers that we saw for this show there's there's a scene, or there's clips of the scene that seem to show what happens to Geraldine a little bit more in detail in terms of her getting jettisoned off of this world. <laughs> um, so I kind of think that we're going to revisit this series of events from this episode sometime down the line from a different angle. So maybe we'll get to see what made him snap to down the line. And then Agnes makes another classic ralph joke <laughs> i love that we are we're getting one per episode minimum yeah but they're really hitting it out like with it and i know so this is something i kind of so i picked up on after i was going through like a whole bunch of um old articles on mephisto and just kind of like some of the easter eggs that iconic like storylines that involved him and apparently he used to use ralph as an alias all the time so Again, I was gonna another... say, like, yeah, it kind of felt like it's a character that's talked a lot about, like Ralph is, and we haven't seen him yet, but we've seen everybody else in the town. It kind of felt like they're leaning towards Ralph being Mephisto. I want Ralph to be played by Danny DeVito. He just creeps <laughs> out from the shadows one of these episodes, and they're like, This is my husband, Ralph, and he's like the most unintimidating person, but he's like one of the most powerful MCU villains. <laughs> Would you have the penguin hands? <laughs> yes. <laughs> give him that, but like give him the horns in the traditional devil garb, and there you go. There's your yeah, yeah, yeah. Mephisto. That would actually be a really funny casting. That definitely is like Agnes definitely is in on something though, and I'm pretty sure she is the Agatha character from the comics. Um there's yeah, no in my mind. We were talking about that either last week or offline. Is Agnes the same 
level of awareness or the same level as like a Hutch or a Dottie or anyone else? Or is she more in on the secret and like trying to keep people in line? And I'm steering towards her just keeping people in line and is part of the secret and is not a friend, is more of an enemy. Yeah, it it, it calls into question because like the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of convinced that we, it, you know, her being potentially afraid of Wanda is a red herring. She's not afraid of Wanda. She's actually afraid of pissing off Mephisto. Right. Um, and to that extent, maybe Hutch is also, you know, like how many of these folks are like, I, I, I make the argument that they're all real. Right. But how many of them are Mephisto, working for Mephisto? And how many of them are working for like the uh, the organization of S.W.O.R.D.? Um, and we saw Randall Park's character here. So we know that the was it the CIA or the FBI that he was a part of in Ant-Man? So FBI, the FBI. So that so you got two two different organizations there covering the area. So who's he working? Yeah, for? I feel like more are here trapped because of Mephisto, and then yeah. I think it's the very few that get through and have no memories as to being part of Sword. Right. And I think that is why they have to wear like something that could help jog their memory once they get through the force field gate on that note though geraldine we've seen her before as the coordinator for the children's magic show event thing from last uh last episode from yesterday in their timeline yesterday (laughs) so they were they were trash talking geraldine basically on the show like Kind of right. The, the the neighborly talk that Agnes and um and Hutch were were uh, engaging in right before Vision comes outside to to kind of see what's going on. I guess in this case, like on on the subject of like who's working for who, then clearly Hutch and Agnes are not part of Sword, right? Because no, I don't think they would so. cover for each other if they were. Yeah, I don't think so. And then also, it. Something that didn't seem as significant in the second episode that does now is when Wanda goes to the, I don't know, was that like a garden party with Dottie leading it? Yeah. When Wanda like shakes Geraldine's hand and like introduces herself, Geraldine pauses and goes like, oh my gosh, like as if like in the moment, the first watch, it was like, why are you reacting like that? She's just like saying hello. But now it seems like she her memory was jogged just a little bit to be like, oh my gosh, this is my target type of thing. Right, yeah. She she could be like in deep undercover in this episode, and that's kind of what they were alluding to on there. It is it is right. pretty silly, though, the way that she was wearing her her sword logo out in the open like that on the necklace, just like hanging there for anybody to see. But I guess it kind of looked like a peace sign medallion so maybe she was like going with that for the 70s but i think the significance of the ball story and i've tried to look it up to real quick to see if it means anything and it doesn't seem like many fans have theories i guess mine would just be that if she is semi awake as to knowing she's part of sword and is here to extract wanda then maybe it's just a reason to be around wanda more and maybe gain her trust or just be like more involved. Right. It doesn't actually have to matter that her boss had the hiccups during a presentation and that I don't think the little moon man marshmallow cereal means anything more than it does. And may and like other than just being like cereal was like a bigger breakfast in the seventies, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I wonder though too, like to this extent you know, Marvel's very famous in of introducing different characters um, and different properties that aren't necessarily their own, right? Like we've seen, um, we've seen characters like Hawkeye, obviously introduced in the overall Avengers movies instead of his own solo film. Like I, I, they do seem to like put um, Geraldine's character in a bit of a focus between the last episode and this episode. I wonder how big they're going to focus in on her character within the MCU. Cause they do seem to kind of shift a little bit more than the regular attention to it. Right. Like it's pretty significant that she's the one character that gets booted off of the, off of this reality by Wanda herself. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to be bigger in the MCU, but I think she will be 
still be big in this series. I think that she's going to be like running point with sword on the outside and being like, here's what I can remember or like having very little memories, but having to jog them again. Um, and here's the reason why I'm talking about like memories being erased and whatnot. So in the very last little bit, Wanda clearly kicks Geraldine out of the town uh, and it's her be, her doing this because when Geraldine lands out of this like force field that she comes out of, she's like covered in this like I don't even know what to call it. It looks like red electricity, sort of like Wanda's magic. So it's clearly Wanda moving her out, which requires a, an intense amount of magic to get through this force field. And then as it as the camera zooms out on the final scene where guard, like armed guards are coming up to Geraldine to see what came out. You can see like in the background these like floodlights that are pushing out this force field energy as like the edge of town. Which kind of like I don't know. My initial thought was like this kind of looks like the the illusion tech from um Mysterio, but it's more than that. Yeah, it it looks like um <laughs> what was it called in, in Far From Home? Barf, right? Was the yeah acronym binary <laughs> augmented reality <laughs> retro framing, whatever. I so yeah, I don't I don't know how they're creating like who depending on who trapped her because if it's Mephisto, then Sword has nothing to do with it, and this probably isn't tech; it's very supernatural. Um, but yeah, you made a good point. I didn't really like notice those lights at all and I, I i took it to mean like this is they they sealed off this whole area and are monitoring it using you know giving themselves like heavy light and stuff in there but um the the other thing of significance inside of that reality it was daytime outside of right. that reality it's nighttime so it's completely like and this is why we keep going back to like what is it like in the world that we know from other shows that it's it's got Truman Show elements to it. It's got Westworld. It's got The Giver. It's got like the Maze Runner series, like where an important spy was sent into the Greys with no memories. Like it, it's pulling on so many different mind-altering reality movies and shows. Yeah, it's definitely like th- there's so many elements to this that I think it, it pays homage to and you know, kind of, like, plants little seeds and little nuggets and to, for you to kind of delve into. Um, but the, the, I don't know, like, I'm pretty sure this is building up to something, right? Because, like, ultimately, it, it seems like, you know, and I've continually said this, but this show seems like it's it was maybe meant to have been a movie at some point, and it kind of, like, got broken out into several parts to make to make it work for a show. Although clearly not, right? Because of the way that each episode is kind of structured out under a different era of sitcoms. Um, but it, it's it's so weird. I'm like I'm in a strange place where I'm so used to Marvel teeing something up and at least like planting the seed outright for you to see, uh, more so than like taking their time for this kind of build up. Yeah, it's very different than Marvel, and it's very different than a superhero format where it's good guy bad guy one twist at the end and then good guy wins it it's setting it's so much more set up than usual and it's not like it's taking less time than a movie setup would be because after you take out the like seven eight minute credits of each episode and the like uh, intros and previously on bits at the beginning we're only like we're less probably like about less than an hour in of actual like show content right so yeah it, it definitely is building up towards something and it's it's just a matter of how long is the build-up going to be and what like what exactly are we building up to is it going to be a big fight or is it just more of like a big reveal I think this show is like an Iron Man 2 kind of situation, but like enhanced a little bit more than that. Like we are going to get our big character moments, but we're, and I think we're kind of getting into our predictions here with, with what I'm about to say, but I feel like 
this show feels to me like it's less so about telling one huge great story within nine episodes and more so about planting seeds for what's to come next for the MCU. Cause there's a lot of things here, like just even like outright showing the organization sword at play here. That's already like planting a huge seed as to what might come next from like a cosmic threat or what, who, who the next kind of big level villain is. Um, and I still kind of cling on to hope that we're, we're going to see like the build up to the X-Men with wanda i think it's inevitable you have nowhere to go with the scarlet witch character other than bringing that side of her history up yeah i don't know i don't have specific predictions i think the only things i can like say with any sort of confidence in my prediction is that like i don't think this show is going to end with a resolution i think it's going to be more like infinity war where it's like well what comes next and it's like okay well that's in terms of like a, a linear story i think you're right you're i don't think we're going to end on a happy note <laughs> for this show i don't think we're going to end the story necessarily here i think this is something that's going to drag along a little bit um and i think that this is something where the covid issue is going to nudge marvel a little bit here because i know originally we were supposed to go Black Widow, followed by Winter Soldier, followed by Eternals, followed by WandaVision, and then Spider-Man 3, and then Doctor Strange 2. But apparently now it's it's they're all just kind of intermixed there a bit. So I, I, I think that the way it's going to go is something's going to happen at the end of the show that's going to lead into the events of Doctor Strange 2. And we've... They, they've said that Doctor Strange will show up in Spider-Man 3, so something's got to give there, too. Um, you're right, though. I, I don't I don't think this is the end of the storyline. I think it's literally planting a giant seed for, like, a giant beanstalk that we're about to see erupt <laughs> in the next few uh, projects coming up. Yeah. And then I guess if I had to make, like, a micro-prediction, I think the major thing to that will come about next episode is Vision being more suspicious of Wanda just because he knows that Geraldine, quote-unquote, doesn't have a home. And then Wanda's lie to Vision was that Geraldine had to rush home. So the only thing there is that, like, to carry into the next episode is, one, the children growing up, probably at an accelerated rate. Um, And then, two, Vision being, like... What is she not telling me? What does she know? Also, that seed of distrust is planted by Agnes onto Vision, right? Like, And I right. think that part of it is to get them into, I guess, against each other. Maybe for the purposes of them taking the kids. Yeah, I mean, they're weaker if they're fighting each other. Very Civil War-esque. Right. I, I don't know. Like, there's There's so many ways that this could all go. Um, I am going to make one prediction, though. It's a little bold, but I, but, I, but I think that we'll probably... I hope. This is my hope. <laughs> I hope that by the end of this show, we have some sort of connection to Wanda and Magneto. And some sort of like connect, like connecting those two characters together. Because eventually you will get these X-Men characters in. And I feel like the sooner you start laying down the seeds a bit, the better received it's going to be rather than have all of the X-Men shoved at you at once. Did you been making, like, X-Men connections for quite some time? <laughs> and it's, it's gonna never pan happened. out. It's gonna pan <laughs> out. It's yeah, gonna I mean, pan if out. you always bet on red, eventually it'll hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how many losses are you willing to take until then? Well, how many of my predictions haven't come true yet, though? I mean, you made the Hulk one. I think there was one before that. Yeah, but none of those have been like announced at all yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's gonna come down the pipeline though. I don't know. Look, the reason why I think this is because like Kevin Feige works in a very way in a very similar way to like introducing characters the way they're introduced in the comics. So I think it goes a little bit differently with the X Men because you don't really want to serve these characters up in the way that Fox has already done. 
So I don't. I, I think he's gonna look more to tying those out. And so for the for the Hulk stuff, if they're bringing Wolverine in, you know they can't do a Hulk solo movie. So it could make sense to tie him into to the Hulk and do the actual introduction of Wolverine, which was Hulk versus Wolverine. Okay. Well, Wolverine is buried by his daughter. <laughs> I know no. no other Wolverine. Hugh Jackman's coming back. <laughs> I would love that. Well, if they're going to blow up the multiverse, you better give us like a, at least a five-minute scene between Deadpool and Wolverine, especially now that Deadpool's supposed to be taking place in the MCU. We already had Deadpool versus Wolverine. What do you want? Part two? <laughs> we had a... No. I was like, wait, when did we have that... X-Men Origins? That movie doesn't count. It doesn't exist. Well, it happened, so live with it. <laughs> You're stuck with it. <laughs> I elect to ignore that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, so would Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds, but it happened. It's it, it's going to be retconned again, just like it was in Deadpool 2. Yeah, so this was uh, this was a weirder episode for us just because there's so many more questions out of this one than answers. But uh, if you hopefully we're gonna get some more, you know, some of those deep dive fans posting stuff before the next episode. But if you think you know something or have a good prediction or um, or just want to share your thoughts on the episode, uh, if you Feel free to you know email us at behind the fourth wall podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at BT Fourth Wall. All right. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.